politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing vigilantly guarding the gates of liberty from the gates of hell. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back in the house here at CR Podcast. A little bit late start to the week. It is Tuesday, March 30th. We took a little bit of an extended weekend. I needed some R&R, and certainly it worked out well for me. But I come back to a mess of a country. A mess of a country. I don't even think we could call it a country anymore. I mean, you know, when my son told a woman at a store, told him to put on a mask, this is not North Korea, it really is North Korea, folks. You could break, except the only difference is you could break into the country without documentation and get a free hotel stay. But now to go to a store... If we don't stop it, you will have to have a vaccine passport. We all knew they were headed this direction, but really it's our fault. This didn't happen in a vacuum. This didn't happen out of nowhere. This occurred after a year of us tolerating it. Folks, this is our Lexington and Concord. We cannot retreat any longer. As Captain John Parker said, To the Minutemen, stand your ground, don't fire unless fired upon. But if they mean to have a war, let it begin here. Well, folks, the war has already begun. They have fired upon us for a full year, and we've done nothing. So you can't blame them for constantly taking it to the next level, because frankly, you can't go anywhere without covering your nose and your mouth. So is carrying a document really less or more meddlesome to your body than wearing a diaper. I mean, that, that's the thing. We trained ourselves for this. In many ways, we're already at a worse point in this. But here we are. Here we are, folks. March 30th. I was looking back at some of my writings from last year, and it's unbelievable how I warned on these very days this week a year ago that if you don't stop this notion that any mayor or governor could have this power, what is the limit? So we're going to talk about that as well. We're going to talk about how to fight back against the masks and the vaccine passports, fighting back in the states, shaking your state legislators to their core. Call them every day. Get on their cases. Tell them, stop shirking their power. They are the most powerful people if they would only use their power. For the good. It was on this day, March 30th, that the 15th Amendment was ratified. That is the amendment to abolish slavery. But now we are all slaves to government. You know what's interesting? The White House announced a package of $3 trillion in tax increases, including floating the idea of a mileage vehicle tax, where they install a tracker and track your every movement. Don't you see how this is all tying in together? This is all hands on deck in your state legislatures. If we can't fight it there, it ain't going to be anywhere else, except for on the streets. I mean, that's, that's the reality. That's the last line of defense. We should have been doing this ages ago. Now, folks, if you want to learn how to defend yourself, 
how to properly use a firearm. So many people get firearms, they don't even know how to use them. I need you to join me at constitutioncoach.com for the upcoming trip to Front Sight, Nevada, April 25th. If that doesn't work for you, we have a May 30th event. You have the opportunity to meet fellow patriots from this audience, to meet yours truly as well, and you're going to embark on a two- or four-day handgun training class, constitution training at night with Rick Green, America's constitution coach. This is really exciting, folks. We have a lot of newbies in this audience that are just getting guns now. Now is the time to learn how to use it properly. It is 90% off. If you want to learn more about the logistics of the trip, um, again, go to constitutioncoach.com. You have to obviously bring your own uh, materials and pay for your flight and things like that, but the defense training is 90% off if you do it through constitutioncoach.com. This is your opportunity to meet me and other members of this audience, so we are really looking forward to it. I just uh, booked my flight there, so I'm really looking forward to seeing you guys. I'll be there for about three days of the trip. So, folks, uh, until you do need a vac uh, passport to travel, make sure you Sign up right now at constitutioncoach.com because who knows if we could ever do this again. But that's going to be up to us. Now, folks, we will need a passport to go to the store, but illegals could crash our border without anything. Oh, and by the way, will we have to bring the vaccine passport to vote? Or will that negate their voter fraud? Or maybe they'll have a vaccine passport without a picture to bring to the polls. So, God forbid, you wouldn't violate the religion of not having a photo ID when you're voting. This is the country that is confronting us if we don't fight back now. It's eerie. I get goosebumps. I really speak like that of my own writing. But this is from a year ago. I had an article. Is this quarantine... Or tyranny. And I start off saying everyone agrees that states have broad internal police power to take action to stop the spread of a public health crisis. You know, kind of like the federal government has power to stop the security and health crisis at our border, yet failed to act upon it over a year ago. Okay, that's what I wrote a year ago. But are there no limits whatsoever on these internal powers? Can any governor or county executive simply flick his pen and shut every business even if it doesn't create crowds? Can they unilaterally restrict every aspect of the Bill of Rights indefinitely without any oversight, due process, benchmarks, or transparency? In Jacobson v. Massachusetts, the Supreme Court ruled it is within the police powers of a state to enact a compulsory vaccination law and it is for the legislature and not for the courts to determine. It therefore held that the state's mandatory vaccine against smallpox was within its constitutional authority. Now, I go on to say that the same court made it clear that there is a point where states can enact policies in such an arbitrary, unreasonable manner or might go so far beyond what was reasonably required for the safety of the public that they'd be outside constitutional bounds. I go on to talk about different court cases and... Um, I write, we've simply never done this before in our history. 
they're not mere these are not mere quarantine laws that, that supporters cite to justify what is going on today. Quarantine laws traditionally separate an individual or an entire group of people from the general population. What we are doing now, however, is locking down the entire general population. Whether they use the term or not, governors are are ordering nothing short of martial law, shutting down nearly all businesses and churches to the point that there will be no public services for Easter or Passover under any circumstances. <clears throat> and unemployment will surpass the levels of the Great Depression. And, you know, I talk about different, you know, different things that were going on at the time. I say, as the Supreme Court said in Shelton v. Tucker, 1960, even when the governmental purpose is legitimate and substantial, that purpose cannot be pursued by means that broadly stifle fundamental personal liberties when the end can be more narrowly achieved. And then I give the following warning. I want you to listen carefully a year later. Remember, these governors are just getting warmed up. We're only two weeks into this phase. At this pace, if we don't rise up and demand answers, there is no limit to what these politicians might do with their divine right of kings. It's appalling that Congress and state legislatures are in recess indefinitely as random executives from governors and mayors to county supervisors and sheriffs rule the nation by fiat. It's time for some real debate and accountability with public input and hearings. As Patrick Henry warned in 1788, show me that age and country where the rights and liberties of the people were placed on the sole chance of their rulers being good men without a consequent loss of liberty. I say that the loss of that dearest privilege has ever followed with absolute certainty every such mad attempt. So here we are, everyone's pulling their hair out a year later about these vaccine passports. But what we allowed, which, by the way, I couldn't have imagined March 31st because this really came about in April, the mask mandates. But here we are. The more they don't work, the more they mandate them, the more they double down on them. And we were fine with it. Most conservatives supported it. Very few people with megaphones much greater than mine spoke out against it. Very few people organized in the state legislatures to fight back. So here we are on the cusp of a vaccine passport. If you think it can't happen, think again. It will happen if we don't stop it. This is where we are as a nation. This will not end. So that kind of haunted me as I read that from just a year ago. A year ago. But folks, I don't know what it's going to take. I don't know if there's any solution that matches the severity of our time. But we got to try. Again, if, if there's one regret I have, it's that I didn't organize the Constitution Action Network the teams, I, I am obviously a few days behind in working with team leaders, trying to formulate teams. I wish I would have done this last year and would have been ready for this legislative session. The good news is there will be a special session in state legislatures to deal with redistricting when the census comes through. So that will be another opportunity, but, it, but it's crazy. Most states are going out of session soon. They already passed a deadline where you could um, introduce legislation, but this is where we need to fight it. The minute they announce that at a federal level, 
Washington Post reported over the weekend about the vaccine passports. Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida said, we're not doing that here. Where are the other governors? We need laws, not just saying we're not doing it, but mirroring what the sanctuary cities did in New York, California, criminalizing the use of them. Crim- criminalizing any public or private entity from requiring it. Now, all you intellectual libertarian sophists, are you going to look me in the eye and tell me, well, Daniel, private business could do whatever they want when we know it's government that's orchestrating all this. So are we going to allow these private businesses to do this? Okay. This is what needs to happen. This is what needs to happen. But you see that when we're complacent, we have it even in South Dakota, the governor's screwing us. We'll, we'll get to that if we have time. If not, we'll have a guest on tomorrow. Supermajority states, we fail to focus on it. I hope it's not too late, but I'm going to focus on it now. Now, today's sponsor, folks, in these uncertain times, is We the People Holsters, especially those of you who are coming out to front sight. You, if you want to properly learn their tactics of draw and shoot and pass their test at the end, you need a good holster. Either way, if you're not coming, you need a good holster to defend yourself that's both comfortable and safe. We the People Holsters have holsters starting at just $40. They're all custom made here in America. Thousands of options, including amazing selection of cool printed holsters, um, patriotic uh, uh, custom designs. You can easily adjust both the cant and the ride of your holster so it's comfortable. Go to wethepeopleholsters.com slash CR. And while you're there, by the way, check out their hoodies, their long-sleeve T-shirts, their EDC tactical gun belts, which are very important if you're um, going to front sight as well. You want a good gun belt. Otherwise, you're going to have to um, rent one there. Every holster and gun belt comes with a lifetime guarantee at We The People Holsters. You can send it back for free if it doesn't fit well. Again, wethepeopleholsters.com slash CR. Get additional $10 off with offer code CR. So that's wethepeopleholsters.com slash CR, offer code CR. Now, folks, to start this off, when I was a kid, and, and this is really what anyone in a religious Jewish Bible study gets exposed to, the first thing you learn is the story of Abraham living in a world where everyone believed in idolatry and paganism, and he was the first to recognize God on his own, and his father had an idol store, and one day he went out, or went into the store, took an axe and smashed every single idol except for the biggest one. And then he took the axe and put it in the hand of the biggest idol. And his father came back and was furious and grabs his son and said, what did you do? And he said, I didn't do anything. The idols had a fight and the biggest idol won out and he killed out all the other idols. And his father looked at him, don't give me that garbage. These idols can't do that. And it was always hard to understand when you're first learning the Bible, what does it mean that everyone believed in idols? How do you believe in an idol? How do you believe in it? 
And then moreover, you find several places in the Bible where they believed in it but didn't believe in it at the same time. As that story illustrates. And I didn't understand it until this year. When you literally have people that will look you in the eye 12 months after their thing not working and they talk to you as if this has never happened. No one has ever worn a mask. You need to wear a mask so it doesn't spread. As it's spreading. And then at the same time, they'll look at you while they're all garbed up and say, you're killing me if you're not wearing a mask while they are wearing a mask. And and, and we're like, well... Dude, you're, you're wearing it. They work great. So why are you worried that I'm not wearing it? I'm the stupid one, but how does it affect you? And like, how dare you say that? Don't you know they don't work? They work so much that they don't work. This is literally the time we're living in. We're going back to the pre-Abraham days. So Biden gets up there last night, gives his speech. Everyone needs to mask up. It's their patriotic duty. Like, literally mentally ill, as if the last 12 months didn't happen. So courtesy of Ian Miller and some of the other folks that Rational Ground, I'm going to have an article out later today with a bunch of charts from them, showing, ironically, because you know, they're like, cases are going up, these governors need to stop, they need to reinstitute the, the mandates. And dude, they're going up in the places that have the mandate and going down in the places that didn't. Texas and Mississippi are down, New York, New Jersey, and Michigan are up on a superficial level. Half of them are probably false positives. But the point being that masks are so magical that they work where they're not implemented, but not where they are. This is the time we're living in. Ultimately, we're going to have to fight this in the state legislatures and the county commissions. And we're going to have to flood them with a bunch of pro se lawsuits. We're going to have to have our own lawsuits. You know, one of, one of the listeners to this show from Eastern Pennsylvania emailed me on Friday. And I immediately called him up. Or Thursday, I called him up when he emailed me. A terrible story. Basically, his fiance had a CAT scan CAT scan a few weeks ago where they found both a cyst and a tumor near her brain and spinal cord. I guess at the you know top of the neck where the neck meets the, the, the head because she was experiencing severe facial pain and got it checked out and presumably you know this has to have so- something to do with it although the doctors aren't sure. So she doesn't even have a diagnosis yet. It's very serious. You know, God willing, it's going to be benign, but but it tends, you know, even if it is benign, it's very serious and needs to be removed. So she made an appointment with a neurologist. And she explicitly stated over the phone that she has a medical condition that in, condu- in conjunction with severe pain in her face, she can't wear a mask. And they said it wouldn't be a problem. They drive 90 minutes because they live a little bit far farther away. They're checked out in two different stations. And then ultimately, they refused to bring her to the doctor without wearing a face covering. They were asked to leave even though they had a written medical exemption in hand 
from her primary care doctor. And he asked me, do you know of a network of doctors that could consult and help on this? So I, you know, set to work with both the medical side and got him in touch with some people as well as on the legal side. But this is how demonic it's become that we have doctors that are sitting and wearing the garb and you have a woman in pain and has a very, you know, a very pressing matter that you got to get a diagnosis and got to get a, get some sort of biopsy. And the neurologist like, screw you, I'm not seeing you. It works so much. It is so important to wear a mask that it's worth doing this to another human being when your entire job is the Hippocratic Oath. But then again, at the same time, it doesn't really work. Because then why, why are you worried? You're wearing it. This is how demonic our nation has become. So if you think that somehow the vaccine passport can't be implemented, in many ways this is even more cruel because it, it's on your face. It's already happened. So folks, I noted in a column on Friday, and I want to reiterate this, that I, I think this is the, a couple of people have brought this to my attention. I've been looking at this. I really think this is the most important avenue, the most important avenue for um, a lawsuit at this point. So basically it goes something like this. This is a very long statute. It's in 21 U.S.C. 360 BBB. That's a statute governing experimental emergency authorization, uh, use authorization of medical devices. People forget FDA, the FDA wrote a memo on April 25th approving face masks as an experimental medical device because there is no data that it works and now 12 months later there's data that doesn't work but they made it emergency use now this is the crux of my point today of this show that masks and vaccines are in the same pile and if you're going to cave on masks there's nothing stopping them from doing this to you on vaccines. See, the reason why vaccines are, are optional right now is because, again, they're authorized by the FDA under the exact same process, the EUA. Emergency use authorization. Okay? It requires the secretary of HHS to ensure that individuals to whom the product is administered are informed, among other things, of the option to accept or refuse administration of the product. So you cannot be forced to use a vaccine. Likewise, you cannot be forced to use a mask. That is a medical device under the FDA's EUA, and it must remain optional. And if we're going to allow them to get away with making it mandatory without lawsuits then, folks, vaccine was authorized under the same, same guidance. Same guidance. Here we have two-year-olds being thrown off planes, people with disabilities, 
People can't get medical care. Denied. The same statute requires that the secretary make it known to people that indeed the authorization was issued under emergency use and to inform people of, quote, the significant known and potential benefits and risks of the emergency use of the product and of the extent to which such benefits and risks are unknown. They're violating that statute every day. I don't know how we have failed to make this an issue. And again, there, there, there's nothing to, um, it's not even unknown. It's known it doesn't work, not just from all the data, but the FDA themselves on their website to this very day say that face masks do not work for airborne transmission viruses, only to, quote, block large particle droplet splashes, sprays, or splatter, which is obviously not the way this is transmitted. Okay. So that is the statute that needs to be cited again. For those of you who want to look it up, it's in 21 USC 360 BBB. It's kind of a long statute. This particular one is then it's in the subtitle of 3E1A 2 and 3. But it's not that long. You could comb through it again at 21 USC 360 BBB. Now, folks, what's interesting is that there's another section there, section 3C2B of that title, that say two, two more important things. The known and potential benefits of the product when used to diagnose, prevent, or treat such disease or condition outweigh the known and potential risks of the product. So you have to have a balancing test, and you have to demonstrate that it outweighs it. It's experimental. We don't know everything, but we do know it, that the benefits outweigh the risk. Well, now we see from California versus Florida, from Texas and Mississippi versus New York and New Jersey, from the Czech Republic, from everywhere, that these mass mandates have not worked one iota. You know, it's funny. If you look at the counties in Florida, the ones that had the mandate versus the ones that didn't, there's almost a perfect reverse correlation between mask efficacy and the mandate, or cases per 100,000 and, and counties with mass mandates. So Miami-Dade is the worst. But folks, so there's no benefit, and then the WHO in, in June talked about potential harms and disadvantages. Increased risk of self-contamination due to manipulation of the face mask, touching eyes with contaminated hands, Potential self-contamination that can occur. This is from the WHO. If non-medical masks are not changed when wet or soiled, this can create favorable conditions for microorganisms to amplify. They talk about headaches, breathing difficulties, depending on the type of mask used, development of facial skin lesions, irritant dermatitis, worsening acne, difficulty communicating, potential discomfort, obviously, False sense of security leading to potentially lower adherence to other critical preventative measures such as physical distancing and hand hygiene. Waste management issues. <laughs> what, what do they say? There's like 2 billion of them in the oceans now. Improper mass disposal <laughs> leading to increased litter in public places. <laughs> Difficulty communicating for deaf persons. 
obviously children. They talk about people with mental illnesses, elderly persons with cognitive impairment. I have that with my mother-in-law. Those with asthma or chronic respiratory or breathing problems. Again, you could you could find this at WHO advice on the use of masks in the context of COVID-19. Interim guidance, June 5th, 2020. So this is where we are, folks. This is where we are. According to current statute, they cannot be mandatory. Obviously, according to the Constitution, they can't. But I'm saying the FDA has authorized it under such a use. So when it boils down to it, there's three things we got to do. Number one, file endless lawsuits utilizing the FDA, EUA, OSHA, ADA against medical institutions, private, public, school boards, other governmental actors. Number two, pressure legislatures to pass a version of Tennessee's proposed Medical Non-Discrimination Business and Consumer Act, that's SB 0320, HB 0794. The bill at a minimum would bar institutions from discriminating against people who claim medical exemptions. Placing the mass policy in line with every other law intersecting between healthcare, privacy, and discrimination. Number three, and this is important. And go to the FDA's MedWatch System website. MedWatch System. And if you experience side effects, which you all do, Fill out a form there. You'll see. It's like 504 or something. There's a, there's a form. The EUA expires on April 24th. Okay? So in like three and a half weeks, it's coming up for renewal. The best we can do is flood the MedWatch system with stories over the next few weeks about all this garbage. Human beings aren't guinea pigs. Human beings have rights. Human beings can say no to medical devices being used against their bodies. But again, if we're going to let this slide, the vaccine thing just slides in seamlessly because it's the same thing. It's authorized the same way. There's no difference. So those of you who are surprised that we're at the cusp of a vaccine... um what do you call it, uh, a vaccine passport mandate, just realize where we've been the last number of months. It's the same thing, folks. It's the same thing. So we need to start with these lawsuits as well as fighting in the legislature's Let me just give you a couple of other titles. I'm just looking here now. Thanks to Megan Mansell for preparing this for for me. I had her on the show before. She's one of our mask experts. If you look at the CFR um, in the Americans with Disabilities Act, straight up there in the general clause 36.201, no individual shall be discri- discriminated against on the basis of disability in the full and equal enjoyment of goods, services, facilities, privileges, advantages, or accommodations of any place of public accommodation by any private entity who owns, leases, or operates a place of public accommodations. So, folks, I don't want to hear this crap of, like, 
I don't like telling private entities what they can do. That's already the law, and it's already enforced in every other context. Why should we have a carve-out of mask fascism, which in itself is fascism, in itself foisted upon businesses and individuals by government? I'm not going to have a carve-out. If you want to get rid of the ADA, get rid of it. But if it's going to be there, we are going to apply it to something like masks. That's obvious. That's the story. There's 36.203 integrated settings that you have to have a public accommodation for people with disabilities, right? You can't just deny them. So if I say I can't wear a mask, you can't just deny me service. Retaliation and coercion. Retaliating against, this is 30, again, 36.206. Retaliating against any person because that person has participated in any investigation or action to enforce the act. 36.208 is direct threat. Um, let's see what else we have. 36.302 modifications in policies, practices, or procedures. There's all sorts of things that have to be done. You're not allowed to suspect people of having issues. Um, where is this? They also make it very clear that a person cannot, um, or, or someone can't ask about your disability. So it's got to be private as well. It, it, it shocks me that we don't have more lawsuits. I just don't understand it. I mean, later in the week, I'm going to try to have someone on, but I just, I just don't get it. I don't get this whatsoever. But it's lawsuits and legislatures. That's all we got. And some of us are, are, are going to have to sacrifice and just say no. But it's got to be done in mass. Otherwise, it's really not going to work. So this is where we are, folks. This is in the 11th hour. We have no time to waste. And, and, and look, with the legislatures, I mean, this is, this is going to be tough. But one of the things we need to do, if they tell you that the deadline has passed to introduce legislation, first of all, that's nonsense. Call up the speaker and the president pro temp. They could do whatever they want. Their chamber rules, they could change them. It's like you have the federal government declare the Fourth Reich. And it's like state legislatures say, well, I can't pass a bill blocking that because, you know, we're past the funnel deadline. That's nonsense. But moreover, there's the budget process that usually occurs at the end of the session. I know in New Hampshire, a friend of mine who's in the legislature there told me that they have, they put in a lot of provisions basically ending COVID fascism in the budget. That needs to happen in every state. It needs to be put in the budget. They say it's too late for legislation. We'll put it in the budget. Um, well, I don't like legislating in a in a budget bill, Daniel. Well, you know what? I don't like North Korea ing in America. So you know what? We're gonna violate a process principle when they violate human rights, okay? I'm sick of this sophistry. Drives me nuts. 
So we need to fight any vaccine passport and mask mandate in these budget bills. And again, states need to make it clear that they will prohibit the enforcement. They will criminalize the existence of it. That's the only way to do it. And you got to apply it to the private sector too because it's not private. Could the government mandate on private businesses to implement North Korea for them and states can't fight back? That's nonsense. Okay? If every single business, in order for you to live a life, says... You have to have a vaccine passport. Are you going to sit and tell me also, well, Daniel, I don't like uh, mandates on private businesses. Just total sophistry. But look, you know, we're, we're falling down on the job in the state legislatures. So we have over the weekend, Christy Nome vetoes the bill to simply ban men and female sports. They had enough to override in the House, but in the Senate, they missed it by two votes. Mind you, they have a 32 to 3 majority in the Senate, but half the Republicans are garbage. Now, the good news is in Arkansas and Tennessee, they did pass this as well as in Arkansas, they also passed and signed into law a bill barring castration and hormone mutilation therapy for minors. So that is something for us to hang on to. We have a lot going on in North Dakota as well. They're getting back into session, the Senate. We have HB 1164. That's the nullification bill. So I'm going to have to take a look at that to see where that is. I know they rewrote it a little bit. But folks, we got our work cut out for ourselves. Now, folks, we do have some late-breaking news. I'm getting word out of a Senate committee, state Senate in North Dakota, that HB 1282, that was the bill to nullify all federal policies and laws, did pass with full Republican support. You know, if you remember in the House, it was kind of dicey there to pass, but a lot of Republicans didn't support it. So this is interesting. Now, I don't know if they adulterated the bill. I have to find that out because they often do that. But again, this is important because we're going to need a bill like this to nullify any, you know, vaccine and mask stuff. So this is the way to do it, a general nullification bill. This is exactly where it needs to head. Again, nullification is kind of mild given where things stand. But look, we got to take one thing at a time. So that's good news there. Another interesting thing I'm seeing coming across the wires, and a lot of you are going to see this by the time you speak to me, by the time we uh, get this later today, according to CDC, they did a, a study of basically the health status of those hospitalized with COVID. It turns out 80% of those in the hospital with COVID are overweight. Okay? So as I've said before, if you're going to tell me that a government could forcibly mask you and now even forcibly vaccinate you, well, actually if they forcibly shut off your calories after 2,000 calories a day, they would at least be following the science, unlike now. But of course, they can't do that. Well, they can't do masks either. But again, I mean, we always knew who this affected. And as we had, we had a terrific show on Friday. If you haven't heard it, our last episode, Dr. Ryan Cole from Idaho, we did a full hour and a half 
about, you know, just just all the early treatments, the way to treat it, who it attacks, how it attacks people, why it attacks people in a bad way uh, for those who get it um, in a critical way. And whole health is everything. We focused on locking people down, denying them vitamin D, masking people, rather than just get healthy in general. And of course, instead, as we well know, there have been surveys that have shown people have gained on average 30 to 40 pounds, particularly younger people. So here we have a virus that mainly targets those who are overweight, and the response is lock people down, make them anxious, make them depressed, and gain weight. One of the many, many ways that we engaged in national masochism, masochism, just to play on words there with a mask, and coming full circle to actually implementing the very things that serve as the highest risk factors for the virus itself. So there's that. There's a lot of other news that obviously I'm not going to be able to make up because we just don't have time. Um, when you're talking about fighting back at a local level, there's terrific news from our buddies at Tennessee Stands. The Knox County Commission has just voted to pass an ordinance that dissolves the Knox County Board of Health. I love that. That is something to consider everywhere. Why do we need a Board of Health? What good do they do? One good thing they could do is teach us about the best therapeutics. They didn't do it. They censor it. Sometimes they even go after them. So you know what? If the only thing they'll do is tyranny, abolish them. I love that. That's a great idea, something that we need to use everywhere. Now, there's a lot more news on crime as well that I want to get to later this week. Obviously, these mass black-on-Asian attacks that, of course, are white supremacism because when blacks attack people, it's really whites doing it, we're told. But this is happening everywhere, and the truth is it's been happening for a long time. Just no one paid attention to it. There's one other story I want to draw attention to on the, on the virus or on the COVID fascism, broadly speaking. According to the Census Bureau, Three times as many students are being homeschooled now than before. This is something to keep in mind. This might be a silver lining. Rather than trying to get public schools open, how do we find a way to evacuate? So the census announced last week that Quote, the global COVID-19 pandemic has sparked new interest in homeschooling and the appeal of alternative school arrangements has suddenly exploded. This actually might be our time to start homeschooling Patriot Academies. You know, people can't do it the traditional way. They don't have the time. The concept of taking glorified pods and making mini schools out of them with homeschool style built upon godly patriotic curriculum. So basically, before the pandemic, about 3.3% of students were homeschooled. Now it's up to 5.4%. No, I'm sorry. By by fall, it's up to 11.1% of households reported homeschooling. 
11.1%. So this is very interesting. This is something that I think we need to keep in mind. Should we even be fighting school openings? Now, I still think it's worth fighting and having lawsuits with the mass mandates because it's going to you know, reverberate across every sector. And also, look, we still do have a lot of kids trapped in those schools, and we got to stop the child abuse. If you're pro-life, you, you, you got to believe in that. But at the same time, we have to remember opening the schools is not an end to itself. Not an end to itself. So, folks, there's a lot of other stuff I want to go over. There's also the Chinese hacking into a Taiwanese ship in the Suez Canal. If you remember this from last week, it didn't garner much news attention, but they blocked the Suez Canal by basically shutting down a Taiwanese ship. This is something that was always a lurking threat. If they can do it to Taiwan, they could do it to us. That is really where the threat for national security is. But, of course, we're, we have our military focused on every other thing but China. I don't know where things are going to head. You know, things in this world seem kind of hopeless. The bad guys always seem to get, get away with murder. They really do. Everything they do seems to prosper. But all we can do is fight for what's right now with the tools we have and pray to God that God brings us the final redemption. In the Jewish Bible, the last prophecy is Malachi 3. Chapter 3 It's really the final prophecy. And it's really very profound. God says through the prophet 3.13, You have spoke harsh words against me, says the Lord. But you say, what have we spoken against you? You have said it is futile to, to serve God. And what profit do we get for keeping his charge and for going about in, in his humble ways because of the Lord of, of hosts? And now we praise the bold transgressors. Yes, those who work wickedness are built up. They tempt God and they have nevertheless escaped. In other words, this is the vexing question. Why is it that all the evildoers seem to escape God's punishment? But then the God-fearing men spoke to one another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for those who feared the Lord and for those who valued his name highly. And they shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts. For that day when I make a treasure... And I will have compassion on them as a man has compassion on his son who serves him. And you shall return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him who serves God and him who has not served him. For lo, the sun comes glowing like a furnace, and all the audacious sinners and all the perpetrators of wickedness will stumble. And the sun that comes shall burn them up so that it will leave them neither root nor branch, says the Lord of hosts. And the Son of Mercy shall rise with healing in its wings for you who fear my name. Then will you go forth and be fat as fatted calves, and you shall crush the wicked, for they will be an ash under the soles of your feet on the day that I will prepare, 
says the Lord of hosts. He will send Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. This is it. There will come a time when we will see the difference between good and evil and the reward and punishment for each one. But the point is for now for God-fearing people to speak to one another, to organize together. Let's get together. Let's form these groups at ConAction.network. I got to do my job and, you know, getting a little bit quicker in in, uh, appointing team leaders. It is a lot of work. And we got to do what's right. God's going to keep track in a book of remembrance. He's going to remember who feared him, who fought for the right things. But ultimately, the results are in his hands. So, folks, we are starting out a little bit later this week. So sorry about the long weekend, but I did need it. But we are back in full force. Till tomorrow. God bless you all, and thank you for listening.